Hi there, I'm Mike Pereira, and he's Michael Clark, and together we're the hosts of Mid-Credit Scene, a podcast about movies. And this is a Mid-Credit Minute, a kind of bonus mini-episode where we talk about big, important things like snacks, double features, and more. In this episode, our latest guest, Kara Watson, general manager at the Apollo Cinema in downtown Kitchener, weighs in. I don't like comedies at all. Or You're not even Young Frankenstein. I okay. So there's an, there's one exception to the rule, and the exception to the rule is anything that's come out of like England. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, comedies I can deal with. I can deal, deal with their shows. I can deal with all that stuff. But like Americanized comedies of any form, I can't deal with. I can't watch. I will run screaming from stand-up comics. <laughs> mm. I. I, I, I very strongly believe that comedies are the hardest movies to get right. And that, because when I was a kid, I always thought that I liked comedies. And then looking back on it, it's just like, no, I think either my parents or my friends group just kind of like, we went towards the established big names. And we only saw the ones that were like uniformly agreed upon to be the best comedies. So like, Monty Python and Young Frank. Yeah, Young Frank. Yeah, yeah. Mel Brooks. That, that's exactly it. My friend Conway and I get into a fight at least once a year about whether Blazing Saddles is better than Young Frankenstein. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Young Frankenstein is the greatest comedy ever made. <laughs> uh, in that specific argument, you win. It's just yeah. so funny. Gene Wilder is like. Uh, Walk this way is just one of the best bits. He stabs himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything about that movie is perfect. That's the type of movie they don't make anymore. Like, you have to go like the com- the only comedies they'll make now are ones that either they feel will hit a four quadrant uh, market, in which case they're so watered down that they they lack any actual punch, or they're like Apatow. But even I think Apatow has a hard time making comedies. And um, when was the last time he made a comedy? And I was thinking today about um, this is forty. Paul, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. like I mean, you might have produced a few since then, but I can't think of the last movie Judd Apatow directed. Well, and I, like um, Paul, F- Paul Fig. Fig, yeah. Um, I I never know how to say his last Fage. name. Yeah, Kevin Fig. That's Kevin. Yeah, um, like he made comedies up until Ghostbusters, and the movies he's made since haven't been comedies. Like they've had comedic elements, but A Simple Plan certainly was not a, a comedy. And his next film is uh, Dark Army, which is going to take the Universal Monsters uh, and make a like a, a Monster Squad-style film with oh, them. Monster Squad. It's great, and the Wolfman has nards. Yeah. It's Shane Black. He wrote the script. It's perfect script. Man is an enigma. That's a movie they keep trying to remake, and I like, I'm like, don't touch it. Don't touch perfect films. Remake bad films. Leave perfect films alone. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the problem. No one wants to do that. They want to remake things that are already successful. I mean, they just want to take the same audience from the previous film. And... Yeah. This is my whole epi- the whole thing we did with Alex episode was basically like how like I'm like stop weaponizing nostalgia against me. The best argument for remakes is Ocean's Eleven, because Ocean's Eleven is the greatest remake in the history of cinema because the original sucks and the remake 
is perfect. Uh, and those are the sorts of movies that you need to remake. Apparently, when they were like getting started, they the whole cast, like Brad Pitt, rented a movie theater and or I'm sure he probably owns one. And the whole cast came in to watch the original, and they got 12 minutes in and shut it off. The like, only thing I like about the original over the uh, over the remake is that in the original, have you seen the original? Yeah. They don't get away with it. Because the money ends up getting put in, in the one guy's coffin, and then yeah. he gets cremated. And they all just stand there like... I am a big fan of movies with bummer en endings. Um, big, big fan of the, the anticlimactic film, or, or like the, the don't get away with it uh, ending. Well, I think it was because they couldn't get away with it. Like, it wouldn't have fit to have like Frank Sinatra like actually succeed as a criminal, although he hung out with mobsters all the time. Yet another film from the mid-60s that has a, a too-long musical sequence in the middle of it for no apparent reason other than they had a singer in the cast. Oh, you got it. You've always got to put a musical scene when you have a singer in the cast. Yeah. You just have to do it. But even even when you didn't, like, The Pink Panther's a great film, and in the middle of it there is a random uh, Italian or French uh, musical number. And, charades the same way there's an italian uh, uh singing in the middle of that and you're like no get back to cary grant <laughs> they were this never seen it podcast i was listening to they were they were talking about how like will smith should be contractually obligated to put out a song for every movie he makes i mean that is true yeah or, yeah like, remember Definitely. remember the good old days like wild wild west yeah what a garbage film but what a great music video yeah there's like a really funny kevin smith thing where he talks about like how when he was writing for Superman and this one producer kept like wanting him to include all this crazy stuff like he wanted uh, he wanted Superman to fight polar bears but then he was like I want Superman to fight a giant mechanical spider and he's like lo and behold that guy produced Wild Wild West but a year later what do we have giant mechanical spider guy knew what he wanted he knew what the audience was demanding yeah honestly kind of did I would have watched Superman fight a polar bear I think it was a pair of polar bears. Even better. It was just like one of those, he was like, what, but why? It's only good if one of the polar bears sneaks up on it. Yeah. He has to be getting the better of the smaller of the two, and then it has to come up behind him and, and sucker punch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it was just really funny. But I love this idea, because then they, like, you know, they're like, like, can you imagine if, like, Will Smith had to release, like, a boppy hip-hop track to, like, The Pursuit of Happiness? Or whatever. <laughs> like. Yeah. And also do a music video, because I, I, I can't remember if it was Men in Black 1 or 2, but he definitely does, like, a dance sequence oh, with the little worm aliens. Yeah, 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 it's the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like the end credits, I think. Like, uh, oh, the best, the, sorry, the best music video is, like, MC Hammer, Adam's Family. Like, nobody remembered that that existed, uh, and I used my powers for good? Evil? My powers for something. But, like, when we played it at the Apollo, I posted the video onto the main, like, Facebook page. I was like, all right, everybody, <laughs> watch this. this. <laughs> I, was, I love that era, like, when, like, because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had an MC Hammer yeah. jam on it. And then the second one had a Vanilla Ice jam Vanilla on Ice, it. Yeah. Which was arguably a step drop. That's what we need. We don't need the, them in the film. We need the post-credit music yeah. video. And same with uh, Ghostbusters 2. Sorry, I just said mid-credit. Mid-credit music video. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss our full interview with Kara about movies and the role of independent cinema on Midtown Radio and anywhere you get your podcasts. 
The show can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Scene. See you at the movies.